so we just had our league blow up um, over a trade that I completed. And I'm curious to see everybody's, uh, I want to hear everybody's opinion. Uh, so I made a trade with the last place team right before our deadline. Uh, since been reversed because of the outrage it caused in our league, uh, it was, I received Austin Eckler and Mike Evans, but I traded away Tony Pollard, CeeDee Lamb, and I gave him Kirk Cousins. And he didn't really have, he, I think Jared Goff was the starting quarterback. Uh, Nick, you were a part of that outrage. Um, I understand both sides of things. The trade has since been reversed, but I just want to hear you bitch and complain into the mic a little bit here as well. I will gladly bitch and complain. Um, I don't blame you because, like, you, that's part of it. You definitely won the trade. Um, like, I, I, in no world would I ever take the C.D. Pollard side of that. Um, I would definitely prefer Eckler and Mike Evans. Um, and he's one in ten. So the whole issue with it is, it was a, it was a very one-sided trade with a team that has no shot at playoffs. And that is why I think there is outrage in the league chat at the moment that I'm. And so, and so I understand it. And you and I were just talking off air. There should be a rule in every league that once a team is eliminated from playoff contention, if the trade deadline hasn't passed yet, they can't trade with a still contending team. Does that sound like a happy medium to everything? Yes, I agree. They can, if especially that's that's a big that's an important note to make they can only trade with teams that are also not in playoff contention um, because if your league has a last place punishment you definitely want to be able to work around that so to my fellow wagney Warzone goers i apologize if you found my trade made without integrity i thought personally it was a fair uh exchange but i understand why it shouldn't be completed and therefore it's not Without further ado, Nick, it's week 12. Happy Thanksgiving, firstly. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Um, I am 6-5 and five in our league. Somehow still not in the playoffs. I've put up the most points in three of the last four weeks. Um, I feel like I'm peaking at the right time. I have a win over you during that stretch. And I'm coming to, for your neck, with or without Austin Eckler. Uh, yeah, it's it's tight, like. The two first place teams in each division, one's me, I'm seven and four, and the other is also seven and four in your division. Like, it's real, there's no one that is guaranteed playoffs yet. That's the crazy part. Like, our entire league's very competitive, except for the Austin Eckler owner, um, <laughs> who, shall, who shall remain unnamed. I think we're st- everybody's in playoff contention other than him, which is kind of wild in a 12 man league with three receivers. I mean, um, I'm one game outside of first place, but I'm not in the six-team bracket. Yeah, you're not in playoffs, which is just nuts. Um, do you know what our tiebreaker is? Is it head-to-head or points four? It has to be points four because I just beat Luke uh, last week, and that was our first matchup of the year, and I'm still not in, and we had the same record. So it has to be points four. Well, um, is it not three? Is it not based on division? Like three will make it from your division and three will make it from mine? No, I don't believe so. Okay. Uh, I'll look into that afterwards and clarify with everybody. Nonetheless, uh, firstly, welcome to the Wagme Fantasy Football Show. I thought we just had to go on our tirade about the trade deadline. 
Uh, also, connect with us on our socials at Wagme Fantasy. We'd be happy to answer any lineup questions you have. Three games tomorrow, so we have to make some more important decisions early on. Um, don't forget to put your players into the running back or wide. Get them out of your flex if they play tomorrow. That's a key tactic to leave yourself open to changing your lineup as much as you want. Uh, let's get into our starts this week. Who's the yeah. quarterback that you're rolling with? In before, week right before I tell you that, I would like to say I cannot wait to sit on my girlfriend's couch on Thanksgiving tomorrow with a turkey leg in my hand, very drunk, watching Stefan Diggs torch the Detroit Lions. <laughs> you're going to make a fool of yourself in front I, of her family. I know I am. I know. <laughs> uh, all right. So my QB start of the week, Lamar Jackson at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Lamar. So usually uh, we try not to put stud players into this segment, but I felt like Lamar kind of warrants. He's fallen off. He's, He's fallen off for nine weeks. Like he hasn't been better than QB nine since week three. Um, and he started off the season as I think he had two QB one overall finishes, which is just re- like what happened. Is it the fact that Rashad Bateman's gone? Is it the fact that Mark Andrews been in and out? Is it the fact that they don't have a uh, consistent run game with Gus Edwards and JK Dobbins? Um, I think that it's a combination of all of those things. I think that Mark Andrews is now healthy. Demarcus Robinson kind of had a, he had a great showing nine for nine catches and on nine targets for 128 yards last week. I think it's pointing up for Lamar, and this is a really juicy matchup against the Jaguars. Um, I would definitely not be considering benching him this week, and you may have been doing that in previous weeks based on his performances. I picked him as my start last week, and I was wrong. It's got to happen. I mean, he's too damn good for him to continue performing as a mediocre fantasy option. Uh, Jacksonville, yeah, they're a poor defense, so I hope it's this week. Yeah, I'm I'm really hoping it's this week. I am a Lamar Jackson owner in one league. My start of the week is none other than Geno Smith. Uh, he's been quietly one of the better fantasy quarterbacks this year. He has five uh, weekly finishes as a top 12 quarterback. Uh, coming off of a bye, he gets a Vegas secondary that is the arguably the worst in the league. Uh, Las Vegas is warning some of the most fantasy points two quarterbacks this year they're allowing the most total yards per game i believe uh to opposing offenses and look gino's thrown for multiple touchdowns in four straight weeks he's thrown for multiple touchdowns in fact in all but two weeks uh this year he's been one of the best options and everybody's healthy dk's back uh to 100 i think this is going to be a big week for him yeah i like that pick um I'm going to move on to my running back start of the week, Jeff Wilson, um, going up against Houston. Great matchup for running backs. I expect a big game for him and Mostert. Um, I do think that if the touchdown is scored by a running back, it will fall into Jeff Wilson's hands as opposed to Mostert, but there's a pretty good chance they both score. Um, and Tua may not be needed as well as Tyreek and Waddle. They may not be needed as much in this matchup because I could run for like 150 and three against the Texans. Um, so I think Jeff Wilson, probably a waiver ad in pre- in recent weeks, is definitely finding a way into your flex or even your RB2 spot, depending on what you're working with there. Yeah, I think both Miami running backs are playable this week. 
Houston is the worst, allowing almost 180 rushing yards per game. My start of the week, I'm going to go to another split backfield. That's Antonio Gibson and the Washington Commanders uh, running back by committee. They get Atlanta at home, and the Falcons have been one of the best matchups for running backs this year. Uh, Gibson, you know, he's kind of gone through a roller coaster of emotions, even uh, dating back to the offseason. I mean, we're contemplating, oh, is he even going to be the starter? Is he going to be the kick returner? Uh, No, he's been fairly consistent throughout the year. One of the better running backs actually on the year. Uh, Naysaying all those doubters or reversing all the, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Uh, You get what I'm trying to say. He's, he is proving everybody wrong. Damn it. He's been, they wrote me off. I ain't right back. Exactly. He's been one of the better receiving backs this year. Uh, Something that wasn't believed to be his role. It was thought to be JD McKissick's. These four of his past weeks, he's exceeded 13 points. I think he's pretty much a must start unless if you're loaded at running back at home in a very favorable matchup. Yeah, his last five weeks, he has one game below 13.3 points and four games above 14.8. Um, he's been great. It's kind of funny. We kind of we expected him to have a good start to the season without Brian Robinson, but ever since Brian Robinson came back, Antonio Gibson's been better. Been better. Uh, it's yeah. weird. Don't really understand it, but here we are. I like that start of the week. Um, I'm gonna move on to my wide receiver start of the week. Traylon Burks going up going um, up against Cincinnati. Joe Burrow and company are coming to town. Burks had his breakout week last week uh, with seven catches and 118 yards or 111 yards. Sorry, um, it was a fantastic performance from Burks. A lot of it came on the last play of the game, but I think what we saw is Tannehill really performing um well with uh Vrabel's system now that he's healthy as a better ankle um I would expect a lot of targets to fall towards Burks um as the season goes on Robert Woods has not been getting it done this season they need that bigger threat that downfield threat and Burks offers that and I know that we saw games where AJ Brown would be irrelevant on the Texas or on the Titans because they can run the ball with Derrick Henry all day long but Traylon Burks, I think this week and rest of season is a great uh, third wide receiver three or flex option. And a little note is the Bengals do not have, can't say his name, Owuzie, um, <laughs> their best corner. So that'll definitely benefit Burks. He's been someone that uh, like all of a sudden it's like he's the rookie wide receiver to one in the league and rightfully so i mean he dominated thursday night he looked phenomenal on the field uh yeah he was our top waiver wire pickup this week shout out to ryan for making those rankings every week and he should be on a roster if he's not and he's worth possibly a flex consideration my wide receiver start of the week i'm gonna stick with the same offense as my quarterback that is none other than tyler lockett uh receiving on the receiving end of geno smith's rocket arm uh locket has three straight weeks with a touchdown he's been arguably not arguably one of the best wide receivers this year in fantasy uh he was a wide receiver nine leading up to his bye week last week and he gets a vegas raiders secondary like i said that's been vulnerable all year i think he's gonna fare well against them this week yeah i like the pick sorry i was reading some of the gossip there 
um, in the group chat about uh, the the recent trade that went down. But yeah, Tyler Lockett, I really like him this season, rest of season. I think that he's the better wide receiver to have in the offense. He's fantastic. He's been better than DK his entire career. DK Metcalf will always vulture touchdowns because he is a massive target in the red zone. But Lockett has that big playability that he's always had. We were concerned that Geno Smith wouldn't be able to support that, but turns out he can do just fine with the big playability. Um, with Arguably doing, doing better than Russ yeah. did with them each. Yeah. I'm going to move on to my tight end star of the week, TJ Hawkinson. I, as I look at this, I think it might've been my star of the week last week. So I'm sorry if I doubled down, mm-hmm. but New England is giving up the 27th, uh, they are ranked 27th against tight end so far this season. Hawkinson has received a massive target share in his first three games as a Viking um, with four end zone targets in the last two weeks. Didn't come up with any of them. I think that there was pass interference on one, but I'm not really going to complain about that because he's done well, basically from a PPR standpoint, um, just receiving a bunch of targets. He led the Vikings in targets last week. Um and they have Justin Jefferson on their team. So it's very surprising to see him draw so much attention from Kirk Cousins. Um, and I think that this week in particular against such a bad defense against tight ends, we're going to see a very big game from Hawk. Is it any coincidence that TJ has been your start of the week at tight end every week since rostering him, Nick? Has he? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he has. I feel like every week he's on the stars, but I can't blame you. I mean, he has a very important role with Kirk Cousins. Uh, the chemistry is going to pick up the more they play. Uh, last week kind of got stifled, but the whole offense was struggling. Uh, so, yeah, he's definitely worth a, a start this week. And my start of the week is going to be David Njoku. Last week he came back for the first time since suffering. I, I think he suffered an ankle sprain. He mm-hmm. missed two, two games during that stretch uh, while he was out. This week, he gets a Tampa Bay defense that's allowing the seventh most points to tight ends. And Njoku, he really started the season on fire. I mean, he was a top six tight end three times to begin the season. Uh, Another week, he caught five for 73. Uh, He did suffer a fumble in that game. That's why he wasn't inside the top 12 for that week. But he's been pretty consistent. I mean, take out those first two weeks where he combined for 7.9 points and he's gone over 8.8 every week, three games over 14, one with 24. I think as he gets more comfortable and more healthy, he's going to be really strong to finish the season. Yeah, especially with Watson coming back. I know we think that that means good things. I hope it means good things as I recently acquired Amari Cooper. Um but yeah, Njoku's been great. He's one of the few tight ends that you can trust putting into your lineup to get a floor. And he has big game upside. He has a game with 24 points this season. Not many tight ends can say that. Um, he's a big guy. He's a red zone threat. I like the start of the week. I think I also wrote about him in our... Um... You did. Yep. Yeah. Okay. You're uh, sit at quarterback. My sit at quarterback this week is Aaron Rodgers going... Um, up against Philadelphia. Rodgers has been fantastic the last two weeks, 19 points in both games, um, something you at least 19 points in both games, something you really want to see out of Rodgers as he struggled this season with um, a rotating wide receiver core. He found a guy in Christian Watson, I think, and Lazard is still there. Robert Tanyan offers a safe four for 40 every week. Um, and then he's got Randall Cobb back now too. This offense is looking better. 
But this week against Philly, I would be looking to I would be looking elsewhere. Rodgers is going up against the defense that leads the league in picks and allows the lowest yards per catch this season. Darius Slay, Gardner Johnson, it's a tough defense. I would I would avoid this matchup if you can. Yeah, I feel like uh like Philadelphia's defense firstly is just locked down. Darius Slay is going to blanket Christian Watson. He's probably not going to score multiple touchdowns, a rarity over the last month of football. But I also, another part of me feels like Aaron Rodgers is starting to click. Uh, that Green Bay offense has, lit, they're literally facing the brink of playoff elimination. And mm-hmm. we're either going to see a moment of greatness for the rest of the season from Rodgers, or we're going to see a diminishing uh, end to the season. Rodgers can definitely torch a good defense. That's right. He, he was, I can't argue that. He was fairly uh, productive against Buffalo a couple weeks ago on Sunday night. Mm. My set of the week, you're going, you disagree hard with this. In fact, you ranked him third in our weekly rankings for quarterbacks. I'm sitting Tua this week. Uh, look, through 10 games, this we mentioned how terrible Houston's rush defense is. It makes their pass defense look really good. Through 10 games, Houston's a lot has seven interceptions only allowed nine touchdowns the fourth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks i think it's kind of like the chicken or the egg i believe how terrible their rush defense is it makes their pass defense look good and miami has two very capable running backs a pretty dominant run game this year i think they're just going to stick to it and i don't think Tua finishes with a very productive day yeah i can't I can't keep him out of the top five for quarterbacks this week because Houston is so bad. Like, but I get what you're saying. Um, the one thing is, I don't think that the Dolphins are scared of piling it on. Um, and that could mean two, three touchdown passes, one to the running back, even like there's a chance that he does, that he is worth a sit. I'm not going to argue that, but it's just hard to bench him in such a like it's Houston, you know? I understand they're a terrible team, uh, but we'll see. I feel like game flow is just going to keep them irrelevant. I'm going to move on to my running back sit of the week. Travis Etienne against Baltimore. Baltimore has been great against running backs of late. Only 8.7 points to running backs over the last three weeks um, on average. Um, And Travis Etienne has only been averaging 3.95 yards per carry over the last two weeks. So he's been slightly inefficient going up against a very stout run defense in what could be a blowout. So we may not see a lot of Etienne getting carries in between the tackles. That could mean he receives more in the receiving game, but I wouldn't be betting on something like that. I'm, I'm looking to avoid him or at least lower my expectations this week. My sit of the week at running back is Cordero Patterson. He returned a kickoff for a 103-yard touchdown against his former team, Chicago Bears, last week. Kind of salvaged his fantasy day. He got outsnapped by rookie fellow rookie running back Tyler Algier, and Algier gained five more scrimmage yards on fewer touches than the veteran Patterson. He, or, uh, excuse me, Washington's allowing the six fewest fantasy points to running backs this year. I think. CP is starting to get phased out of this offense and I don't I'm not a believer in him this week yeah I'm also not a believer I wasn't a believer to start the season and I was worried that I was being proven wrong 
Um, there is also a chance that what I forget what his injury was, but it could be what is causing him to have a lower workload and lower efficiency. Um, but yeah, this matchup is also not appealing. Washington's really turned it around of late. Um, I'm going to move on to my wide receivers of the week. Alan Lazard kind of couple it with my QB star of the week. I do think Lazard gets shadowed by Slay the majority of the game, and he will have a poor day. He struggled with drop. He has struggled with drops recently, and over the past two weeks, he has not been the red zone guy. It has been Christian Watson. Now I know Christian Watson two uh, two of those touchdowns over the past two weeks. He's had five in the past two weeks. Two of them were bombs, but three of them were in the red zone. So. That's a little concerning for a Lazard owner. I'm choosing another Green Bay wide receiver as my sit. I am picking the rookie Christian Watson. He's gone nuclear over the past two weeks, five touchdowns in a span of four days at Lambeau Field. This after a 10 day break, he's visiting Philadelphia. I think he's going to have his hands full with Darius Slay lining up across from him. I expect this hot streak to end. I mean, last week he only had four receptions, right? So if he doesn't, I mean, he made some spectacular plays, including that one uh, touchdown pass in the corner of the end zone. But I just don't see it happening against one of the best corners in the game. I'm out on Green Bay's offense other than Aaron Jones uh, this week against Philadelphia. Yeah, Aaron Jones has proved that he can get yards against any defense. He's the only person on this He's offense that I'm like, too oh. damn good. He's too damn good. He's too damn good. Um, all right. Tight end star of the week is Evan Ingram um, yeah. going up against Baltimore. Or sit of the week, sorry, going up against Baltimore. Tough matchup as the Ravens are top 12 against tight ends, and Ingram needs a touchdown to be able to perform this week. Um, I well, I didn't notice that I doubled down on both my sits, um, both Jags and, and uh, Packers. But, yeah, I would be avoiding these offenses this week, apparently. Um, it's just not a good matchup. You do need a touchdown from Ingram for him to do anything for you. I think there's better streaming options. I feel like that's every tight end. They need a touchdown, uh, especially if it, really if you're not named Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews. You need a touchdown to be relevant week in, week out. I'll be right back. One second. I'm, Sorry, go ahead. What's that? I have to. My I have to go do something real quick. Just give me one minute. Okay. Uh, but my sit of the week at tight end is another very touchdown dependent uh, player. That is Juwan Johnson for New Orleans. He's visiting San Francisco this week, who is the third most difficult defense for tight ends this year. Look, Johnson has five touchdowns in his last five games, uh, but I just don't expect it to continue. He's quietly been the tight end two since week six, but his dependency is too tall. I, I think this is a bad matchup for him, and I'm expecting his run, his little run of visiting the end zone to stop, uh, especially since, you know, you just have so, so many mediocre options in that offense. You can't put all your eggs in one basket with Johnson. I don't think he's that much of a playmaker. Uh, so leave him out of your lineup. I Yeah, I agree this week. But for the future for Jawan Johnson, like next season, say they get a quarterback. This is a guy who transitioned from wide receiver to tight end, kind of like Darren Waller did. Um, he has the skill set to get open. He's a big dude. He played receiver in college at Penn State. He's a freak. He could be a very good dynasty tight end, depending on whether or not their quarterback position can improve. 
Um, I know we don't talk about him much, so I figured I'd just throw that in there. Um, so now I'm going to move on to my guy that I'm high on for the rest of the season. Um, again, try to avoid stud players in these segments, but Jonathan Taylor has been awful this season. And of late, he's been great. Like if you can put up 17 points against the Philadelphia Eagles run defense, you are a great running back and you will be good rest of the season. I really like his playoff schedule. I like him in general this right now. He's kind of matchup proof just in his career. He has been at least last year. He was, um, I really like Taylor rest of season. If his trade deadline is still active, I would be trying to acquire. I am not avoiding studs in this segment. Uh, <laughs> my high guy is none other than Devonte Adams. And I am, am so high on him that I think he's the number one player in fantasy to close the season over the last third of the year. Uh, he's averaging 32.4 points per game over the last three weeks. There's no Darren Waller, no Hunter Renfro right now. His target share is absolutely insane. I mean, Derek Carr throws to only him. He's the only guy that can score for Derek Carr. Uh, 10 touchdowns on the year over the last three weeks, 44 targets over 125 receiving yards in each of those games. Look, Tay is who we think he's always been. Uh, you know, his historical run with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, many people doubted whether he could do it with Derek Carr or not. He's doing it. We're seeing it. I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes with 18 touchdowns on the year, uh, over 1,700 yards. We're going to see some just records get shattered here by Devontae Adams to finish a year. Yeah, his target share is ridiculous. I it. It's There's stupid. a very good chance he finishes as the wide receiver one this season. Um, I know we've had our debates about that. I still think it's Diggs, but we'll agree to disagree. They Slice both they, they both are great in their respective ways. And yeah. I, I just think Tay is on the come up to finish the year, and he's going to be really consistent down the stretch. I'm going to move on to my guy that I'm low on for the rest of the season. That's Deontay Foreman. Um, I'm in one league where Deontay Foreman is my RB2. I kind of fluctuate between him, Jeff Wilson, and hopefully Gus Edwards soon. Um, I don't hate him. I just don't like the offense. It's tough. He needs a big play. Um, and when they're losing, he is not involved. He is not involved in the receiving game. That's more of Chuba Hubbard's role. Deontay Foreman is your in-between-the-tackles guy. I like it's hard to rely on this guy if you are a contender. If if he's your RB two and your contender, I would, I'd be looking for upside and maybe playing a guy like, I don't know. If you have Antonio Gibson, he's got more upside in the receiving game. If you have Tony Pollard, like there's better guys to rotate in than Deontay Foreman right now. I'm gonna stick with a running back. Uh, firstly, Deontay Foreman. That's why I traded him away. He's just you just can't rely on him. He scored the majority of his points against the Atlanta Falcons, and I, I think he's going to fizzle out. I mean, you saw Chuba Hubbard gain a larger share this past week. Uh, but my guy that I am just trying to decrease the amount of shares I have for the rest of the season is Joe Mixon, um, mainly because his schedule is just atrocious to finish the year. This week, he gets the Tennessee Titans, who are allowing 3.9 yards per carry only 82 rushing yards per game. Uh, let's take a, let's fast forward and take a look at his playoff schedule. Week 15 plays the Tampa Bay Bucks. 
third fewest points allowed to running backs. Week 16, New England Patriots, second fewest fantasy points uh, allowed to running backs. Week 17, Buffalo Bills. Uh, let's see, they have allowed the eighth fewest or seventh fewest rushing yards uh, all year long. Joe is Joe. Um, he's going to volume his way to fantasy relevance, but I don't think he's anything more than a high-end RB2 to finish the year just because of how difficult his schedule is. And let's just take a look at what he's done this year. Eight touchdowns, five of them came in week nine. Uh, 181 full PPR fantasy points, 55 of them came in week nine. That's 30% of his fantasy production all year has come in one game. That's 10% of his season, but 30% of his points. I feel like that uh, game really just has inflated his value in the fantasy uh, sphere. And I don't think, I think, you know, he's in concussion protocol this week. I think so. Uh, I actually need to yes. check his, his status. Exactly. So he could miss this week. Samaji P. Ryan scored three times this past week. Uh, so I guess you look at it. Oh, Samaji scored three times. Joe scored five times the last time Cincinnati played. It's just what the running back does in this offense. No, I think it, it's been a, a little fraudulent. Uh, once Jamar Chase is back, I think we're going to see more of an air raid attack as well. I'm out on Joe Mixon for the rest of the season. Like I said, I think he's going to really struggle to be anything more than a high-end RB2. He, is the, he has to have the most difficult rest-of-season schedule. He, um, does, he does according to our calculations. Yeah, so, I mean, he's going to have a couple games in there where you're happy with the performance. It depend, It's going to depend on whether he can find the end zone. If he doesn't find the end zone in these matchups, you're going to get 12 carries for 43 yards and maybe like two or three catches for 15 yards. Like, you're going to be extremely disappointed. Um, so I, if your trade deadline still exists, I would be sending off every offer possible for him. Kansas City is another matchup of his fifth fewest rushing yards allowed. Exactly. It's just a lot of ugly things for Joe Mixon to finish the season. Yeah. Uh, let's say happy Thanksgiving to everybody. I hope it's a safe and fun holiday for you all. I hope you all get drunk with your families and you watch a shit ton of fantasy uh, and football <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, do you have anything to add, Nick? Nope, not good luck. Good luck on Sunday and Thursday because Thursday is essentially Sunday this week. Yes, it's, it's a fantastic time to be alive right now. Uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>